You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we're going to talk about everything blocking, and I'm going to go through the five steps to blocking efficiently, and more importantly, how to teach these five steps to your players when it comes to blocking. So it's an episode you definitely don't want to miss, so stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after 11 years coaching competitive volleyball and as a head coach of a college team, I've become obsessed with helping athletes and coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to train efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I've created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 50 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. How you guys doing today? Wow, 50th episode. That is crazy. I started this show, uh, I think we're, we're, we're entering, I think June will be the one year mark, and it has grown so much. And now we're at the 50th episode, and that is unbelievable. That's, man, it's, it's kind of surreal that I've, I've been doing the show, it's, and it's, we're at 50. Like, that's pretty cool. Um, how are you guys doing? New listeners, welcome to the pod. If this is your first time, thank you so much for tuning in. You got 49 episodes to get caught up on. And if you are a regular listener, uh, as always, you know I appreciate you tuning in and joining me on the pod. So at, for the 50th episode, I want to do something special. Um, I want to show my appreciation for everyone listening and everyone taking the time out of the day to you know make me a part of it. So we're going to do a little contest now. I'm gonna I'm actually going to officially post this on my Instagram, so uh, be aware of that. So my Instagram is Brian Singh underscore Coach B. Okay, so I am going to post it on my Instagram, um, but we're going to do a little a little contest. Okay, a little giveaway. Actually, it's more of a con- it's more of a giveaway. And with this giveaway, um, I'm going to give away three months free of Digital Volleyball Academy and a one-on-one coaching call with myself. So it's a nice, nice giveaway. So for those of you that don't know, Digital Volleyball Academy is my signature membership where I get to help coaches all around the world grow and provide mentorship and really give them a behind-the-scenes access to what we do in our college gym in addition to all my resources. When I say resources, I mean all my tutorial videos on all the skills and strategies in our game, all the live trainings that I've done, access to our community. I mean, it is the ultimate place for volleyball coaches to grow and become better. And I'm going to give away three months free of Digital Volleyball Academy. So that is going to be my, that's my way of just saying thank you so much uh, for tuning in and joining and being part of this journey with me. And I'm also going to give away a, a one-on-one coaching call with myself. So you get, you get a three months free DVA plus a one-on-one coaching call with me to really help you. Uh, it's the least that I could do, and I do appreciate it. Uh, and if are, if there are any current Digital Volleyball Academy members that are listening, uh, you will get like if you're you'll get three months free. So you'll get uh, a credit, or you'll you won't pay for three months from uh, if you if you get selected as the winner. And it'll be the winner will be randomly selected and all that fun stuff. So if you are a Digital Volleyball Academy member, I encourage you to participate. If you're not. I 100% encourage you to participate because you get a chance to see what DVA is all about. We got over 100 coaches inside DVA and they are they are just amazing people and they're they're making great strides in their coaching careers and they're um, getting better, getting better every day. I love it. 
So I'm excited about that. So my Instagram is Singh underscore Coach B. So make sure you go and check it out. I'll probably make that post, uh, what is today? Today's May 23rd, probably May 24th. And then the contest uh, will end probably that, that week, that, maybe that Friday. So if you're listening to this um, a little later, a little early, I'm sorry you missed the contest, but there'll be, there'll be more in the future. And you can still uh, sign up for the waitlist for Digital Volleyball Academy if you go to digitalvolleyballacademy.com. All right. So let's get into today's episode. We are going to talk about blocking. Uh, I, had, I had a lot of people reach out to me uh, and they wanted to talk about blocking. So I'm going to break blocking down into five different stages. And we're going to go through each one. This is the way that I teach it. This is the way that our coaches in DVA teach it. And, and I think this is, this is a really great way of, um, of learning you know, what blocking is, how to do it, and all that fun stuff. So the first step in blocking, we are going to talk about IDP. I use this term all the time in our gym, IDP. IDP stands for initial defensive position. So what does that look like when it comes to blocking? Where are you standing relative to the net? Where are your hands? Right now, I mean, if if you're a, if you're a pin blocker or if you're a middle blocker, it's going to be slightly different. So if you're a pin blocker, the way I teach it is stretch your arm out to the antenna and then take one step in. That's going to be your IDP, your initial defensive position. Okay, uh, wherever pin you are, you stretch your hand to the antenna, one step in. That's kind of where your IDP is. Middles, your IDP is right in the middle of the court. Okay, pretty straightforward. Now. What what are the other things we got to think about when it comes to IDP is, well, how far are we away from the net? So what I like to say is elbow length. So if you were to kind of form a 90 degree with your elbow right now, like if you stand up straight, if you're driving, don't do this, but if you stand up straight and kind of have your elbow 90 degrees with your hands out, um, the middle finger is normally the longest finger of your hand. That is where the net should be touching. So you're kind of like elbows length away from there. Okay. And then your hands now, this is uh, generally speaking, your hands are going to be um, in front of your chest and your like your arms rather. Your arms are going to be in front of your chest. Both hands are going to be up and your thumbs are going to be pointed up and your fingers are going to be pointed out. That's kind of the way that we teach it generally. Now, depending on the type of level you're at. Now, let's say if you are a you know high level coach or high level team where you know or even not even if not even if you're a high level, this could be really any type of player situation you're in. If you know that a team is running pins. They're running their right side, their opposite, their left side a lot more than their middle. All right, Their middle isn't really involved in the play as much. There's a much, much lower percentage of the balls going to the middle. Then your hands want to be lower because when they're lower, you know, kind of by your waist, you can move to the pins a lot faster. So this is a, this is a I guess it's more of a read situation or a judgment call. If you notice that or maybe in the scouting report, when you guys are doing film on the team you're playing, if you notice that the ball tends to go to the pins a lot more, then you, you can tell your middle blocker to drop their hands by their waist so that they can move to the pins a lot faster. All right? So this is the first stage called IDP. This is where you want to be in your natural, neutral stance. Good athletic position, you know, all that fun stuff. Now let's talk about footwork. Um, now there's two main types of footwork when it comes to blocking. The first type is the shuffle, right? Younger players are going to tend to do this, where it's really simple. Um, after you've determined where the ball is going, you're going to shuffle. Shuffle left, shuffle right, etc. Um, what I would tell you is when you have a shuffle, is you want to maintain the same height during your shuffle. You don't want to be changing your height, like going up and down, up and down, because then it's going to be a lot harder to jump and come off the ground. So you want to make sure that uh, they are maintaining the same height when they shuffle. 
Um, I personally like. See, there's a time and a place for the shuffle, which I understand. So that's why at the younger age group, I'm okay with it. The older age group, I I don't really like the shuffle because you can't develop the speed that you want to get to the pins. You know, like if you're a middle blocker, for example, and you're trying to get outside really quickly, shuffling is a lot slower than the push and cross. So the push and cross is the uh, the other type of footwork you can do, and it's really, really hard to to explain over a podcast episode. But basically, you're pushing off in the direction that you're going, so you're taking a step in that direction by pushing off, and then you're doing what we call a crossover step. So both of your two feet are going to then cross over, and then you're going to take off with two feet to jump. All right. So you could you could potentially Google this or YouTube this, or if you're in if you're in Digital Volleyball Academy, I have an entire training on, on blocking. It's all in there for you. But yeah, so you push off in the direction you're going, you do a crossover step, and then you jump. This is very common at the higher level, and that is how you build momentum. You build speed to get to the pins, which in turn is going to help you jump higher. And when you jump higher, you have a better chance of blocking the ball. Okay. Now, one thing to consider though, when it comes to this idea, you know, a, a lot of a lot of coaches think about this the wrong way. You want to be able to jump higher. Okay, I don't disagree with that. But you also have to have the ability to be stopped and like to be stable in the air and have the control to be able to jump straight up and straight down. Okay, remember that. And also remember that when people attack the ball, there are so many different situations that may not have them attack at their max. You know, when if someone let's say for example someone can touch 10 feet okay i'm going to give you a simple example if someone can touch 10 feet that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to spike a ball at 10 feet they may spike the ball at 9 feet because it depends on the setter it depends on how comfortable they are of where they can hit the ball what is their apex there's so many things that are considered so sometimes and and then when they actually contact the ball and swing you know there, there's a lot that plays into it so you, you may not have to jump at your highest to block the ball. Now, does that give you an advantage? Sure it does, but it's not always the case. You don't always have to do that. Remember, someone's max jump or max touch may not be their spike touch, right? They may be two different, especially in-game, like their in-game spike touch. Um, so just be aware of that, okay? And again, you don't want to jeopardize your stability and your control when you're doing the, when you're, when you're, um, when you're using your footwork, okay? Um, without getting too much into it, uh, middles, middles are going to have a lot of different types of footwork for a lot of different variations. There is bailout footworks. Um, there is a four step footwork. Um, the, the, the pushing cross, by the way, is three steps. You're taking three steps. You're pushing off. That's one. And then two more steps to follow through. Uh, middles may have a four step. Uh, middles will, could also have a two step depending on where they are if they get beat. Uh, so this, these are things to be aware of. Just um, I, it's it's tough for me to go into it in one podcast episode, but basically middle footwork. Um, there's a different variety of middle footwork, so you can look this up. But just understand that you know with middles, like what if they what if they read wrong? You know they they moved left and then oh all of a sudden the setter said it right. Well, there's footwork to help compensate for that error. There's also footwork to cover long distance. You know, like I said, four steps instead of three. Um, there's a hop step that middles can do as well. There's a lot of different stuff that you can do, so just be aware of it. Uh, write them down, like write 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 these down, like the four, the long distance, and go for it. Um, if you are in Digital Volleyball Academy, there's an entire training on middle footwork and middle blocking, and I cover all of them in there. So go take go take a look at that. Uh, let's move on to the third uh, stage, which is hand positioning. Ooh, hand positioning, super super important. So when it comes to sealing the net, 
your hand positioning is you want to try to cover the most surface areas possible, okay? And the best way to do that is to have your thumbs up and your fingers outwards. So imagine, again, if you're driving, you know, focus on the road, but imagine, you know, when your blockers have their hands up high to block, you don't want their fingers facing up because when your fingers are facing up, if you if you if you can do this right now with me, do it. But if your fingers are facing up and your thumbs are to the side, um, that's good. But that's not the most surface area you can get. Now, what I want you to do is turn your wrist outwards and have your thumbs face up and have your fingers to the side. Now, when you do that, all of a sudden you have more surface area. Okay, it's great, uh, and that will help you with your block. Um, also, when it comes to hand positioning, we, we want to talk about a couple of things, you know, this ideal of swing blocking, you know, swing blocking. There's a lot of different types of blocking. I'm, I'm going to say swing blocking is one of the most common ones. And swing blocking basically means your hands, like, you know, when you attack the ball, your hands go behind you. Swing blocking is very similar where the hands come back and then you drive your hands forward, but not in the direction of the net because the net's in front of you, but to the side of you. So when you drive your hands to the side of you, the, the idea is that this helps with your vertical and helps you be explosive, and then you're going to get your hands up over the net. Okay, hand positioning is very important um, because it if you don't have good hand positioning, you're going to get tooled. And what tooling means is the, the attacker is going to hit it off your hands and, and can score in that way, and you don't want to give them that advantage. So there's a lot of things that come with hand positioning as well. How well, how far do you put your hands over the net? You know things like that. Well, you want to, here, here's the thing when it comes to the timing of your hand positioning. You want to be over the net before the attacker hits the ball. Okay. Not the same time or not at, you want to be before. So when, and, and not really early before, but right before the attacker hits the ball, that's the best time. That's, that's what we call ceiling, which is stage four. Stage four is ceiling. So stage three and stage four kind of come like go hand in hand, hand positioning and ceiling go hand in hand. So when we get our hands over the net, we are penetrating, we are sealing. And what that means is you're going to get your hands over the top of the tape and get into the opponent's zone, get into their space. So when the attacker attacks the ball, you are taking a significant amount of area away. And then if the ball hits any of your hand that's over there, it should go on their side of the court. If you just put your hands straight up, right, there's a chance that the ball can hit your hands and land on your side of the court, which obviously you don't want. So the ceiling comes in by you penetrating over to the other side of the court and not touching the ball, but sealing the net, meaning you're, you're establishing your block over the top of the tape before the attacker hits the ball. And when it comes to ceiling, we want to make sure that our shoulders are elevated. Okay. That this is one of the, um, this is actually a little subtle difference, but when, when, I, when I look at blockers, I can see if the blockers are elevating their shoulders, which means shrugging your shoulders up high to really establish a solid block, or if their shoulders are dropped. It's very uncomfortable to do that, by the way. You have to train it, but it's, it's, um, it's part of what we have to do to seal. So we want to make sure that our shoulders are up really high, our hands are straight, our arms are straight, and we're trying to get as much area taken away as possible, Okay. So that's where the all the hand positioning stuff comes in and the ceiling. Ceiling is really, really important. So we've talked about IDP. Okay, we've talked about footwork. We've talked about hand positioning. All right, we've talked about ceiling and when to seal. All right, that's really, really important. Uh, and the last thing, and, and by far the most important thing, is going to be reading. So stage five is reading. And reading is very, very tough. 
because uh, it takes a long time to, to master this skill. Believe me, there's, there's a lot of professional volleyball players who are still heavily working on the ability to read. And reading just means understanding how to look at cues and act on those cues. Understanding how to beat the setter, like where is a setter going to set the ball, reading that fast and then acting on that read. So there's a lot of different methods to teach. Now, I teach this method called ball, ball setter, ball hitter. And it's also, um, there's, a little, there's a couple variations to that, but I'm going to keep it really simple for this episode and just teach you the, the general idea behind it. So ball setter, ball hitter is what the athletes are tracking. It's what the blockers are tracking. So we're tracking the first cue is ball. Where is the ball coming from? Where is it being passed from? Okay, that's the first cue. The second cue is setter. So now we have to find the setter. Okay, now if the setter's in system, easy find. If the setter's off the net, it's out of system. Okay, we, we're going to make our actions act according to whatever the read is. No. So we found the setter. The third thing is ball, right? Ball, setter, ball. So the third thing is ball. Now what that means is where is the setter setting the ball? Okay. Once we've identified where the setter is setting the ball, the last cue is the hitter. So ball, setter, ball, hitter. Where's the ball coming from? We find the setter. We set, the setter sets the ball, and we've, we identify where that set has been made to, and then we focus on the attacker. All right. Now, what's important about this and for coaches to re- recognize and look at is the eye sequencing. You got to look at your athlete's eyes. Now, we actually we do drills without even throwing a ball. Like we do, we'll we'll do. Um, like one of the drill progressions we do when it comes to blocking is we'll have our team just do go through a simple blocking drill. We'll three blockers go up to the net, a coach will point in a direction, and then they go. And I want to see the eyes. I want to see the eyes. As soon as the coach points in the direction, I want to see the eyes look, and then the eyes focus on the hitter. Now there's no hitter there, but <coughs> excuse me, but I want to see the the athlete look at the eyes. After they do the footwork and get through the footwork and stuff like that without any ball, then we add a ball in. So a setter will just go, no hitters, no hitters. The setter will just go, coach toss to the setter, setter sets, and we look at the eyes of the blockers. We make sure they're not guessing. We don't want to guess. I always say, I would rather have them read wrong than guess, okay? I would rather have them read wrong than guess, or I'd rather have them be late than guess because they're training the, the right skill by reading. So it's okay if they read wrong or if they guess, as long as they're reading. So... We just look at the eyes and it's really simple. Like if you have an athlete and after the setter sets the ball, you see his or her eyes still stare at the ball or staring up, right? You can just look at their eyes, see if their eyes are looking up, then you know they're ball watching and they're not going to be, they're not going to have enough time to get over to the attacker and block the ball because they're caught ball watching. Very, very common. It's very hard, by the way, to get out of this. You have to train it. And it, that, that training comes through volume and repetition. You got to keep doing it. So... You really got to do this without hitters at the beginning, just train. And I have middle blockers, you know, they'll come into our gym um, and they'll just do footwork stuff and they'll have a coach toss and they'll just read and go or have a setter on their side and read and go because it's honestly a matter of repetition and getting into your, getting into your head that this is a reading game. Like when you think about blocking, blocking is, um, it, it's, it's, you have to not only, like it's like one of those things where you, you got to train the eyes. You got to train the read. You got to train the footwork. You got to train the hands. You got to train so many different things, you know, and, and you have no control over any of it with the exception of what you do yourself. Like, like, let me give you an example. You know, when it comes to hitting, 
I mean, you don't have control over the setter setting the ball, but you know where the ball is going. It's going to you to hit, right? Blocking, you don't know where the ball is going. You don't know which side it's going on, how it's going on, but you still got to block it. You still have to get to the ball. You still have to contact the ball in the air. So it, it's it's a lot tougher. So reading is really important. So yeah, so we'll do um, so ball setter, ball hitter. We want to make sure that when the setter manipulates the ball, so when the setter sets the ball, as soon as the blocker has identified the type of set and the location, we look at the hitter. We look at the hitter we, because the ball becomes irrelevant. Yes, I said it. You don't need to know or look at the ball to block it. You don't. You need to look at the hitter to block the ball because the hitter is going to tell you everything else, right? Let's say the setter sets an inside ball, okay? Let's say it's high inside. Well, you don't need to look at the ball to determine if it's high inside. Once you've determined the setter set the ball to the left side, you look at the left side because guess what the left side is going to do? The left side is going to go to where the ball is. And when you're reading that, you can step in front of the left side, you can get their, you get your body in front of their hitting shoulder and you can execute a block or take some area away or whatever the case is, okay? So really, really important to understand that. Now, I'm going to add a couple things in here in terms of T, but that, these are all, these are the five stages of blocking, by the way, okay? So we'll add, we'll add a couple things. Uh, one thing to be aware of is your pins, okay, your left side and right side blocker, their job is to establish the block. So if the ball is set to a pin, your left side blocker, for example, is going to split the hitter with the center of their body. So the center of their body is going to go in front of the hitting shoulder. Okay, they're going to establish the block and the middle is going to close. So the middle is going to close to the, let's say it's a left side blocker, for example, the middle is going to close to the left foot of that blocker. So then they go up at the same time, straight up and straight down. There's no distance between the blockers. Okay, so the, the pin blocker establishes the block, the middle blocker closes to the pin. So wherever the pin establishes that block, that's where the middle blocker is going. Okay, just, just to be aware of that. That's why it's important that they're reading and not guessing. So the pin blocker is going to front, going to stand in front of the, the attacker. They're going to split the attacker, center of their body in front of the hitting shoulder, middle closes. Okay. The second thing, and I'll, I'll end off with this last thing here when it comes to some strategy. And this is really important, actually. Um, when you, as a, as a, as a blocker, mindset is also a significant factor as well. You know, we don't want to be thinking passively. We want to be thinking aggressively. So as a middle blocker, you are not only in your mind. I don't want you to think I'm defending. I want you to think I'm attacking. I want my blockers to go up there and attack the ball, have an attacking mindset, a defensive mindset, because we're not playing defense. We are attacking the ball. That's, that's key. That's key to attack the ball instead of just, you know, I don't want to say like protecting. You're not, yes, you are protecting your team to an extent, but you're, you're aggressively doing that. Okay. So as a really, really, I can't remember who gave me this advice, but this was years ago. I got this advice. Blockers, you're thinking to attack the ball and then mentally it's going to be, you're going to be more aggressive on the block and you, you might, you might get some more blocks just by changing that mindset alone. Okay. Um, I think that's it for, for blocking for the general sense of it. So you got the IDP, you got your footwork, you got your hand positioning, sealing, reading. Uh, we talked about a couple of different techniques in terms of you know strategy, um, but that's basically, that's how you teach blocking.
And blocking is a matter of repetition, repetition, repetition. The more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. The more you put a, put an emphasis on it, the better you're going to get at it. It's honestly that simple, but you got to do it. Okay. Um, last but not least, thank you so much, everyone. Listen, I, I really appreciate it. Uh, you guys that have been listening, that have been, if for those of you that have listened to all 50 episodes, I, I can't stress enough how much I appreciate you guys. You know, my podcast is meant to inspire, to educate, to grow the game, for more people to talk volleyball, for more people to get involved with it. Um, I love, love helping people with this game. And I get to do that through Digital Volleyball Academy, which is my online membership. And I want you to have an opportunity to experience that. So as a as as something that you know I, I can't give everything away for free all the time, but at least I can give this giveaway for this contest. Three months of Digital Volleyball Academy for free, as well as a one-on-one coaching call myself. Okay, the value of that is like a couple like a couple hundred bucks, a couple hundred bucks just like that. I'm gonna try to give you. And I guarantee you, coaches. I guarantee you, three months in DVA will will help change you as a coach and help you grow as a coach. I guarantee it. It's inevitable because the amount of resources you're going to have at your disposal along with coaching from me for you, whatever specific situation you have, you know, whatever uh, problem you have, I can help you with that problem. I've probably been there too. I've been doing, I've been coaching for a long time from all the different levels, elementary, high school, club, college. I coach pro players. I've done it all. So uh, I can't wait to help you. So go to my Instagram, uh, Brian Singh underscore Coach B. I'll put in the show notes. Um, if you're listening to this during the week of May 24th, 2021, you have an opportunity to be in the contest, which I hope you take advantage of. Uh, I haven't set the rules, but the rules are going to be pretty simple. Like, you know, like like the picture that I post. Um, make sure you're following me. Comment. You'll probably have to tag two or three people, you know, two or three coaches, friends, and then put it on your story. Simple. And then I'll select the winner. Um, now I, I, I probably, you probably want to, you know, uh, tag coaches cause they'll probably appreciate it. Cause they'll probably value the, the DVA cause it's a D, it's a membership for coaches. Um, and that's it. All right. And the last thing, please subscribe, give me a rating. I honestly, I, I value all the ratings. I value all the, the reviews. Um, it, I, I look at them and you know what? I think I mentioned this last week, but we've been ranked number one. I haven't checked it this week, but we were ranked number one quite a bit over the month of May for a volleyball podcast. So I, I wholeheartedly appreciate that. Um, it means a lot that you guys, that my show is being ranked number one. That's pretty cool out of all the volleyball podcasts that are out there. So I want to continue to deliver uh, value to you guys and make sure that you get um, something out of it that you can take back to the court. All right, that's it for me. Thank you so much again. I will see you guys next week on another episode of the Volleyball by Design Podcast. Take care. All right, cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.